You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Come on, give it up for our worship team this morning. Did an awesome job. I want to see, are the Herzogs in the house? Could you guys stand? Did y'all celebrate how many years of marriage? 40 years of marriage? Come on. Hallelujah. Let's go. Come on, stand up for that. That's right. That deserves a standing ovation in this house. 40 years. And 40 more, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amazing. Once again, uh, the jail banquet is this Tuesday. Is there any more seats or tables available? Yes. Yes. Did you hear? That's a big yes. That means we, they need more people to sign up and come and come to the banquet. Uh, if you'd like to donate the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry, uh, Pastor Herzog is a chaplain. Uh, they'd love to have you there. You can meet with them. I'm sure they'd stick around in the foyer for a little bit today if you'd like to come to that banquet. Uh, it is a fundraiser, so it's not just for you to come and uh, eat food. It's for you to come and, and raise funds. Amen? Amen. Uh, really quickly, a couple of things. The garage sales May 13th and 14th. If you have good things, look at your neighbor and say good things. We don't want your junk. Uh, bring, you can bring them here. Sundays is a good day while we're all here that morning, or you can come Tuesday to Thursday from 9 to 4. Um, also, you can uh, get a hold of Pastor Daryl. He'll be back in the office this Tuesday, and he is willing to come pick things up, especially if you have bigger things or furniture. Um, I had a, I had a guy brought some really awesome stuff yesterday. I almost missed him because nobody was here, and I'm glad I didn't. They brought some really nice stuff for the yard sale. Uh, it is a fundraiser. I, th- I don't think we mentioned that a couple weeks ago, but it is a fundraiser for our camp, for our kids and our youth to go to church camp, amen? Uh, somebody say amen. amen. The kids go to church camp. They get on fire for Jesus. They, it's like positive peer pressure at the church camp. Like all the kids are worshiping. All the kids are at the altar. It's like it's really, really good. So we, we're excited about sending them this year. Uh, fire on the altar is our monthly prayer and worship night. How many of you know we did that? Raise your hand. Some of y'all are like, I don't raise my hand. Maybe he thinks that's why I'm not coming. Um, <laughs> But come and pray and worship with us. Come and spend time with God and tarry with us in the Lord and pray for our city. This uh, upcoming one, we're going to be praying for men, for God to raise up men. Can somebody say amen? To raise up young men. Uh, I love seeing, uh, like Pastor Faith was just saying a minute ago, uh, even myself and Nathan Ash and Luke Shepard up here on the platform and my son. And just seeing these young guys up here, isn't that awesome? Isn't that good news? Young people is a sign of a healthy church. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but those are good things, amen? Those are awesome things. If you see young families, that means your church is doing good things. It's a really, really good thing to miss, or to not to miss, excuse me. God likes to keep me humble by saying crazy things. Um, yeah, praise the Lord. Bob Sorge is going to come. We have a guest speaker coming May 28th uh, and Saturday night. It will be on the topic of worship. I really asked him to speak into our worship team and worship teams around the region. So if you know anybody who leads worship at other churches, get them here on Saturday night at 6 to 8. We're not trying to steal anybody from other churches. We simply just want to equip the body of Christ. Amen? But it's not just for worship team members. Everyone is welcome Saturday. You do not want to miss it. Bob Sorge is an amazing, amazing speaker, an amazing anointed man of God. Um, you don't want to miss that. He'll also be with us Sunday morning, May 29th. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time in the presence of the Lord. I'm so excited. That's probably an understatement. Uh, I've just been waiting for months for this time to come. So uh, be expectant for these days. Amen? And I'm going to find my sermon. Even if I lose it, 
Most of it's probably in my heart, amen? amen? Me and my son were arguing last night, and he told me he was going to delete my sermon. I said, it doesn't matter. It's in my heart, bro. <laughs> That's what happens when you have a teenage boy, right? They start to run their mouth to you almost constantly. Is that anybody else in the house? You've seen that? Right, right, right. They love to shadow box you constantly. Anybody else know that? A few of you? Okay. Look at your neighbor and smile real big. Say, I love this church so much. <laughs> it's so much better than our last church. I'm just kidding. That's just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's just a joke. That's just a joke. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, no, it ain't. I wish my wife brought me here. I'm trying to go back. <laughs> it's all right. I'm just going to say stuff y'all are thinking. It's okay this morning. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen? Man, I have such a good word for us this morning. The Lord has been speaking to my heart for the last two or three weeks about something. And this past Saturday night, this really solidified it in my heart to deliver this word this morning. And it was really cool, uh, Brother Nathan, um, and our worship team, the songs this morning, just go right along with what I'm talking about. And that's always really encouraging for me as a pastor to be like, oh man, this is going to be so good because God is already speaking about this this morning. Amen? So, before we get started, let's lift out our hands in front of us like this. And let's pray. Let's repeat these words. Say, Jesus, today I'm yours. And tomorrow I'm still yours. I receive anything and everything that is from you. And anything else that's not from you, let it fall in Jesus' name. And let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that you give your people ears to hear and eyes to see. God, I thank you that today is a day of breakthrough, today is a day of transformation, today is not just a day of information and speaking, God, but today is a day of revelation and transforming power. God, I thank you that today is your day, today is a day of salvation for some and growth for others. God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here and you are dwelling, drawing people unto you in Jesus' name. Lord, fill me with your spirit fresh and anew in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say amen. All right, so I wanted to bring up the topic this morning. Man, we got plenty of time. They only did three songs this morning, probably because they know I'm going to preach for an hour, you know. Do you have four in there? Really? Is there really? Man, I wasn't paying attention at all. Just kidding. I was in the glory. I'm just kidding. Just a joke. Um, but the Lord... Um, the Lord started speaking to me about uh, this, this topic, and I want you to get this really quickly before I get into some scriptures. This topic and this thought of how he's called us, he's called all of us believers. How many of you are believers, right? How many of you are Christians? How many of you are disciples, amen? And he's called us to this thing, and I believe it's called faith, but even more than that, he's called us to an unreasonable faith, an illogical, unreasonable, uh, things don't add up kind of faith. Does that make sense? So he's called us to this, this thing and calling me to things in my life that don't make sense. Has God ever asked you to do something that doesn't make any sense, that doesn't add up at all, but he's calling you to it, amen? This past week, um, there was this, actually this guy knocked on my door trying to sell me something, and I thought, well, you came to the right place, son, because now you're going to get the gospel, Amen? 
And I started, he's trying to sell me some security system or something, and I just, just went for that little easy way in. Hey, do you go to church or anything? Oh, no. Then he says, man, I'm just more spiritual. I'm more type of, I'm more spiritual. And I said, oh, cool, what spirits? <laughs> I said, because I'm a Christian, and the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God, because there are spirits. Y'all know this, right? There are other spirits than the Holy Spirit. There's demonic spirits. And you need to be careful, young people, messing around with other spirits. Listen, I'm just going to say it. You need to stay away from Ouija boards and mediums and all types of witchcraft and stop allowing and inviting demonic stuff into your house. Well, it's just a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. I'm telling you. There is a spiritual warfare going on. We believe in these spirits. So anyways, that's a whole other sermon. Hold on, Pastor. But stop allowing stuff into your life, and especially in your home. The eye is the lamp of the body. you got to be careful what goes in here, what goes in here, and what comes out of here. you got to be very careful and guard your homes. These are your kids, amen? Protect our homes. Be the gatekeeper of your house, amen? All right. I'll go back to what I was saying. And this unreasonable faith, and this guy started, I said, well, what spirits are you talking about? And I don't want to stay here too long. And I said, well, the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit. And I started sharing my testimony with him. And he asked me a really important question, I thought was a really good question. He said, how do you get that deep into it? And he was sincere. He was like, how do you, like, I know how to get real deep into drugs and real deep into a life of partying, but how, how do you really get that deep into this relationship, relationship thing with Jesus where he really transforms you and he really takes over your life? And I told him something unreasonable. The next thing that came to my mouth was illogical. I said, the reality is you're going to give up drugs, give up girls, give up all this stuff, and you're going to get this man Jesus, and he's going to satisfy you more than that. And it's like, What? How, right? It's, it's unreasonable. It's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. And I straight told him that. I said, listen, it's not going to make sense, but it's true. And there's a verse in the Bible that supports this. It says, lean not on your own understanding. Don't, don't try to make sense of stuff. Don't try to understand what God's trying to do and just believe what he says and what he can do. You got to believe what he's saying. I told this guy, listen, it's not going to make sense, man. It didn't make sense to me. My mom would say, Mike, if you just give your life to Jesus, everything's going to change. I'm like, mom, that doesn't make sense. That's not reasonable. What do you mean? All I do is party every day. All I do is all this stuff that fulfills my flesh every day. How is this Jesus person? And listen, I'm not talking about religious stuff. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about just going to church on Sunday. I'm talking about having a one-on-one, an intimate relation like I have with my wife, with the man Jesus. This is what will transform you. This is what will change you. This, will, this is the thing that will not have you wishing you were somewhere else on Sunday morning. If you're wishing you were somewhere else on Sunday morning, it's because you haven't gotten a good look in, the, in his eyes and realized how much he loves you and what he's done for you. We've been asking this question a lot recently. How do you fall in love with Jesus? How do you get people to fall in love with Jesus? And I've come to a very simple answer. you got to get a real good look at the cross and what he's done. Open your Bible to Mark 15 and just begin to read what he did for you. Begin to read what he went through for you. How they put a crown of thorn on his head. They put a robe on him. They mocked him. They spit. They smacked him. Begin to get a good picture of the cross, and you will be moved to compassion to love him. Amen? 
So I'm telling this, like our faith, honestly guys, our faith starts out very unreasonable. You know, we believe in some unreasonable things, right? Some illogical things. We believe in a virgin birth, right? We believe in people being raised from the dead. We believe in all these crazy things. And I would say even more that God is speaking to some of us and hopefully all of us in this room and he might be asking you to step into some things or to believe for some things that seem absolutely unreasonable. And a lot of it has to do with our families, our children, our city, our jobs, our homes. And God, is, God says crazy things. Jesus said, they were like, how many times do we need to forgive someone? And Jesus has a crazy unreasonable answer, 70 times 7. And he's saying 400, whatever that is, my math people, 490 times in one day. That seems unreasonable. What do you mean? If somebody wrongs me, I got to forgive him. And they do it 500 times in one day, you still want me to forgive him? God's forgiveness is unreasonable. It makes no sense, but that's why it's so good. Why would you do this? I remember when I got saved, I was sitting in that cell, and I was thinking, man, I'm a piece of garbage. And I remember Jesus standing over me and saying, Michael, I still love you. And I thought, man, that's crazy. Why? Why? Grace is unreasonable. Mercy is unreasonable. It doesn't make sense, but it's the beauty and essence of God that he comes in and does things that nobody else would do. And nobody else can do. And God will ask you to do things that seem absolutely illogical. He'll ask you to believe like a crazy person that just believe that one of your family members can still be saved. We've lost this type of faith. And this past week I was talking and we were like, man, my, my son or whoever, he's real far gone on drugs or he's real far out there or my uncle. And you know, I don't wanna have, I don't wanna have maybe an unrealistic expectation of that person getting saved. Come on, church. I believe that's exactly what God is calling us to. And absolutely, and absolutely, it doesn't look like anything could be going right. And we're the people who still have hope. We're the people that step into a situation and say, no, my God can do something about that. My God can move in that situation. That we have to be the church, uh, the church that carries hope. To people who are lost and dying, we cannot be the ones who just say God will save you from your sin and after that you're going to be hopeless. There's hope for your families, there's hope for your children, there's hope for your parents, there's hope for the city. You got to be able to step into that. And some of you have a sister that maybe you haven't talked to in years or whatever and you've already written them off thinking, well, I love it. You know, we say this thing in church, well, all we can do is pray. I was at the gas station the other day, and it's somebody whose daughter is on drugs, and she's real far out there. And I just told him, I said, man, you know, we, can, we can just pray for her. And he's like, yeah, all we can do is pray. And I said, man, is that all we got? All we can do is call on the God of heaven to come down and meet this person in their situation. Is that all we got? I would say we got quite a bit then. Think, let us shift that mindset in the church that all I can do is sit back and pray. My goodness. Man, all I can do is sit, you're darn right, all you can do is sit back and pray and let God get, if you're married in this room, one of my favorite things about the marriage ministry we've done in the past is that half of marriage is just ducking and letting God get to your husband, right? (laughs) Hence, get out of the way. Right? And let him get a hold of him. Have faith for your spouse. Have faith for your kids. Even if it seems like there's no way. 
I'm, I'm speaking at the jail banquet this week, and Pastor Herzog he said, I want people to know out of your story, Michael, that no one is too far gone. And it just hit me, and my, my spirit was like, oh, wow, yeah, a lot of people never thought I would come around. Christian people, come on, man. Why are we surprised when God does miracles in people's lives? Why are we surprised, church? All throughout the Bible, we see unreasonable, crazy things that God asks his people to do. And he comes through, amen? God is wanting to give you hope for your family, hope for your life, hope for your kids, hope for your finances, hope for all these things. It doesn't matter how big of a mess of a situation your life is in, our God is able. He is able to move. He's able to redeem. He's able, like these songs that we sing, it's his nature. He tells the wasteland that it will bloom again. You've got to let faith arise in you when you're looking at a wasteland and say, God can bring fresh fruit out of this place. God can turn deserts to rushing water. This is our God. We have to be a people of faith that step into situations when everybody is hope is lost and we need encouragement. We got to step in and speak hope and remind them of what God can do. One of my favorite quotes is this, that the person with the most hope carries the most influence. I mean, I let that hit me so hard. I was like, man, I got to have the most hope. I got to have the most hope for our church, for my family, around my friends. I got to have the most hope. I can't be the one who's trying to lead the people hopeless. Well, I hope, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that guy. No, 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 no. You need to start saying, no, we will see. We will see the goodness of the Lord. I will see my son come back to Christ. I will see my daughters fall in love with Jesus. I will see my grandkids serve the Lord. Not we'll see what happens. No, you need to shift your tongue and step into faith. Step into hope. Man, if I could get a hold of anything this morning, I would tell you to watch your mouth. You speak things into existence. Don't complain like the old saying was, if you ain't got nothing good to say, man, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> Little did they know the people who really said that, there's power in what you're saying. Don't speak negatively about your family. Don't speak negatively about your church. Don't speak negatively about your city. Oh, this city is getting worse. This city is going to hell in a handbasket. No, our God is wrecking into this city. Lives are being changed in this church, and God is going to show himself mighty. Come on. We got to get some people, especially, let me go ahead and just plug this real quickly. We got primary elections coming up. If you don't think it's important for people to vote, you're wrong. This idea, well, God is sovereign, God's on the throne, but he's given us choices to make. And people think that, well, he just allows anybody in office and God, because of Romans 13, that's a poor interpretation of that scripture, Romans 15. It says in Hosea, you have set up princes and kings that I, without my approval. Well, God's sovereign. No, 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 no. Yes, he's sovereign. But he still gives you choices to make. We have some school board elections. We have primaries. We have things for, that will protect our future of our city that you need to know about. On May 2nd, there is a forum at the Bluegrass Museum from 1 until like 8 o'clock to go and learn about the candidates in the city. You need to be involved. You need to look into these things. And even more importantly than that, if you call yourself a Christian, you need to vote biblical values. You know why people don't like to talk about politics in the church, honestly? It's because they vote against biblical values and they don't want to talk about it. Whew. I'm just telling you. 
I've seen it so much my whole life. No, I don't want to talk about it. It's because you keep, a, you keep voting for abortion and voting for these things, and you don't like talking about it because it's wrong. My goodness. Let me go ahead and speak to this side really quickly, though. <laughs> you cannot yell against abortion and yell against homosexuality and yell at your wife and your kids in the same day. You, you got to be full of the Spirit of God. I'm tired of people telling me to talk about politics and they don't share their faith and don't share the gospel. If you're not making disciples, I don't want to hear you talk about any of them. But if you're making disciples, you're talking about Jesus, you're raising young people up in the church, you're involved, then sure, but don't just be the one on Facebook screaming against things, but you're not actually doing the work of the ministry. See, I'm going to make everybody mad today. (laughs) That's okay. Go be informed and vote. Pray about it. Pray. Ask God. Give me wisdom. For our city. our city. We want to change the city, right? It's very important who the leaders are of our city. It's very important. And we need to have people in office that have hope, amen? Not the ones saying everything's going horribly. We need the ones that say, no, it's going to get better. Amen? It's going to get better. Let's believe God to do things. Yesterday, we were at a marriage ministry, and we were talking about how If your spouse is doing something wrong, the best thing you could do is give them grace and mercy. Doesn't that sound unreasonable? I thought the best thing we could do is run our mouths back to them, right? (laughs) That's the world system. The world system says somebody's mean to you, be mean back to them. You get what you give, right? The Bible system is you, you you get grace. It seems unreasonable. You're in a bad mood. You're doing wrongful things. You're doing sinful things, but I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you mercy, and that's going to compel you to change. But that's the truth. God's going to ask you in your marriage to do unreasonable things. Love your spouse. Jesus says, pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless your enemies. These are unreasonable, crazy things, but this is the church. These are the things he gives us to do. It's like, oh, someone's against you. He actually says, bless her, those who are persecuted. Rejoice when someone comes against you for my name's sake. Not because you're being a tyrant on Facebook. Being a tyrant on Facebook and sharing political views is not you being a martyr. Can we say it again? (laughs) Being a martyr is when you're in trouble for being like Christ. (laughs) Amen? That's a big difference. Well, people are keep... Oh, man. My Lord. Mm. We need to be the church and be the people who have the most hope in the room. When everybody else is complaining and everybody else... One of your kids is sick. Something's falling apart. As the man and woman of God, you step into the situation and you bring hope into the situation. And you say, no, 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 my God is able to do things. My God is a miracle worker. My God is this God that we sing about on Sunday morning. He really is that God. It is his nature to do these things. And we still got like 30, 45 minutes. Man, we'll take a water break. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5, it says that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, 
but in the power of God. Did you know your lost friends and your single friends will tell you that if your spouse is being mean, your spouse is being this, well, you just need to leave them and be happy because that's the wisdom of the world. Your lost friends and people who don't know Christ will tell you just to enjoy yourself. Whatever it is that you indulge your flesh in, your lost people say, oh, whatever makes you happy, that's what you need to do. But God is saying for us to give up. He's saying to give up these things, give up these fleshly desires and not listen to people who have worldly wisdom, but listen to Christ and what the word of God says. And it might sound unreasonable. Have you ever watched the movie uh, Fireproof or War Room? You know, it's like, don't go out and just try to kill your husband, but how about you go and create a prayer room in your house and start to wage war against the right fight? It sounds unreasonable. But this is what God asks of us to do. Well, I got a family member. Man, come on, let faith arise in this room that God can get a hold of that family member too. If you've lost some hope or lost faith, welcome to the club. We all have. We all do, right? But this morning, I pray that God reignites your passion and your faith and your hope that he really can change anyone. And let it arise in your heart once again. I want to look at a few different scriptures. Oops. You know the report of the spies. Y'all remember when God told them to go and look at the promised land. And he told them they sent out spies to go and look. And I'm going to start in verse 25. I didn't put the chapter on here. Uh Uh-oh. Numbers, chapter 13. I'm going to start at verse 25. This is when God speaks. He's given the the Israelites, he's saying, you'll go into the promised land. First, they go send out spies to check out the land. And they come back with the report. I'm going to start at verse 25. It says, at the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them that the fruit of the, what the fruit of the land was like. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, somebody say however. The people dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. A.K.A., I got all these reasons why it's not going to work. God is not asking you to bring reasoning into his commands. Because it's easily to get out. If you get stuck in reason, you will not obey the voice of the Lord. He's going to say, bless your enemies. Hold on a second. No way. They're going to keep abusing me. Forgive people every day, over and over and over again. If you start adding reasoning, you're saying, no way. They're never going to change. You cannot add reasoning. It says, however, the people dwell on the land, they're strong, their cities are fortified, and they're very large. Basically, there were some of the giants in the land, some of the relatives of Goliath. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amechalites dwell on the land, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they dwell in the country, and the Canaanites by the sea. I love verse 30. Pay attention. But Caleb quieted the people. We have to get to a place where God speaks and God commands, and all of those reasons start to come in. you got to be like Caleb and quiet those voices. And it says he quieted the people before Moses and said, like Maddie was saying, you got to speak something out against it. Let us go up at once and take the land. You see the difference? God already spoke to them and told them to take the city. This land is yours. He already promised that he was going to do it. And they came back and they saw the giants. They saw the, the obstacles and they seen all the stuff. You cannot look at all the barriers and obstacles that get in the way of what God is asking you to do. 
You have to be like Caleb. I love what it says in Numbers 14 and 24. It says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him I will bring into the land and he shall, he shall possess it. What he was saying was that Caleb has the spirit of the living God. Remember the verse that says that um, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See that what happened, the first people heard something from God and they got into a place where they saw the obstacles, they started adding reasoning to it and they took on a spirit of fear and timidity and doubt. But Caleb had a different spirit. Come on, God is wanting to raise up people in this hour who have the spirit of Caleb who are ready to tackle whatever God says. That he says to go and do this, he says to forgive, he says to do whatever, and you are standing in the gap. You have that spirit and say, whatever God says, I'm going to do it. Well, there's giants in the land. doesn't matter. Well, they're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. It doesn't matter. Our God is stronger. Well, we haven't talked to her for 20 years. It doesn't matter. Well, they never listen when I try to talk to them. It doesn't matter. Don't add reasoning. Hear the voice of the Lord. If God says to go and make a phone call or reach out or do whatever, listen to him. We know for sure. I'm not saying that God is always saying for you to go be best friends of people who have really hurt you in your life. But I am that he is saying to have hope for their lives. We can still have hope for every single person on this earth. No one is too far gone for him. Amen? We must pray with faith. The Bible, Jesus said, when you pray, don't pray with doubt. And I started thinking for a second, yeah, that sounds good, Jesus, but how do you do that? Anybody else? And I'm the only one that prays with doubt sometimes? Okay, thanks. (laughs) like yep just you pastor um but jesus says when you pray whatever you ask he says when you ask without doubt you will receive and i thought man god that seems really difficult sometimes it's very difficult to ask him for things and not have any doubt and i start to think well jesus how can we practically not have doubt and i felt the lord speak to me and said you have to remind yourself of things he's already done you got to When you start to doubt about him stepping into a situation, this is why we need testimonies. Get on YouTube and just look up testimonies. Go to Bethel Testimonies. Fill your life with testimonies of what God is doing. If somebody says, man, God has done something in my life, they'll be like, man, come on, tell me more. (laughs) Because I need that testimony sometimes to help me with my doubt. I need to know what God has done in your marriage and God has done in your life. You need to go around some people and talk to them and see what God has done. When you start to doubt, man, God, I thank you that I'm struggling right now, but I know what you've done in John's life, and I've seen what you've done in his family, and I'm saying, do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Because we have that testimony of what he's done, and we can say, no, God, we know you can do this. I know you can. Do it again. Amen? So don't add reasons to God's commands. Just the other day, the Lord told me the night before Easter, hey, Mike, I want you to wear a T-shirt and black jeans and your white Nikes on Easter Sunday. That seems absolutely unreasonable. My whole family's dressing up in dresses, besides Carter, praise God, (laughs) and my son, Redding. (laughs) But it's unreasonable. I was like, God, really? Why? I like to dress up, actually. If I had enough money, I'd probably wear nicer clothes a lot, to be honest with you. But it's expensive. 
And I had this moment like, God, what are you doing? I just started laughing. Like, man, Lord, what are you doing? Let me tell you that a lady in our church messaged me that same day. She said the night before on Easter Sunday, the Lord, she was contemplating what to wear on Sunday morning. She said, all the girls are going to have on pretty dresses. All the ladies are going to have on nice dresses. And I, I feel like I just, that God said, well, it's okay. You don't have to be like that. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. And, and you, can wear, you can wear your black here to serve shirt and your black jeans. And you can come to church on Easter and, and you're serving anyways. And no one's going to say a thing about it. And she messaged me and said, man, pastor, thank you for that confirmation. The Lord literally told me to wear the same outfit and that it was okay. My goodness. Isn't that amazing? But it sounds completely out of line on Saturday night before Easter. <laughs> I remember I was down preaching. I, w- I went to preach a youth camp in Florida. And I was praying and like, okay, I'm going to come up with a four-day sermon plan and it's all going to make sense and it's all going to go together and it's going to be amazing and every time I'd get down and I'd pray about I'd pray about it and pray about it I felt the Lord say to me Michael you don't have to worry about creating a plan I've got so much in you it's just going to come out of you and I was like oh God (sighs) that seems absolutely irresponsible and unreasonable Lord there's no way I could do that I remember I'm getting up there on the second night the lady who hired me to come she's sitting there beside me and she says um what are your scriptures tonight? And I said, um, I don't know. <laughs> and it was like three minutes before I was supposed to start speaking. And I said, I just feel in my heart that we're just supposed to make room for the Holy Spirit to come and people are going to get set free from addictions and things. And she was kind of like, okay. And that's what we did. And we saw kids get set free and we saw God really move at the altars and it was amazing. God will say, do unreasonable things. Just listen to his voice, church. This is all I desire as a pastor, as this pastor, as your pastor. Just listen and obey what he says. Stop trying to add reasoning to things he's trying to get you to do or not to do. If he says, start the business, start the business. If he says no, then stop. If he says, start the ministry, start the ministry. If he says, stop doing this, stop doing this. If he says, don't worry about this in the morning. If he says, lose this job, whatever he says, just take courage and obey. I'm learning from experience. (laughs) Like, well, God, that doesn't make sense. And he's like, well, listen, the whole Bible's full of things that don't make sense, so. He's a supernatural God doing supernatural things, and your reason and logic have no place in it. Most of us struggle with speaking in tongues because you're trying to reason and logic your way through it. Reason and logic have have no place in speaking in tongues. It is supernatural. It is by faith. It's something you, it's supernatural moment. It's amazing, really. Isn't that, it makes more sense to me that actually the answer to some of these things we're trying to reason to is that a supernatural God is going to come through. That makes sense, actually. (laughs) Hmm. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, if you have your Bibles. How many of you have a real Bible with paper? Y'all pride yourself so much in that, don't you? Just kidding. Isn't it amazing you can have <laughs> Do you like that, Dominique? I do love my actual paper Bible. 
But it's so convenient to have a Bible on my phone at any moment, any time, no matter what, in 50 different translations. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I can cross-reference and all kinds of stuff. It's incredible, really. It's amazing. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. We started singing that song this morning. They start to reckon to my heart, and I'm calling on the God of Jacob. I'm calling on the God of Moses. These are men who God told them to do some absolutely crazy things. Let's just look at this. In verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, when he was warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. God told Noah to build this massive ark and get all the animals. That is an absolute crazy thought. It's going to rain. And you know, it seemed absolutely unreasonable and logical until when? It started raining. And then God, luckily, Noah, knew the voice of God. This is why, church, the most important thing and discipline that you can learn is how to hear the voice of the Lord. And the main way that God will speak is right here. The main way. The main. He will never speak against this. But the beauty of it is, is that God is still speaking. Amen? Because you cannot open this Bible, all right, well, I'm thinking about moving my family to Georgia and taking this new job. Okay, where's it at in here? Oh, right here, Michael Cisneros. Yes, you can do that. The book of Michael, verse 45. But it is going to have wisdom for me. It is going to have testimonies for me. It is gonna, God's going to speak to me through it. God can bring a verse to my spirit and speak to me, Amen? But Noah, you see him, God's saying, do this unreasonable thing. Build this huge ark. I, I, I want to go to the ark sometime. Has anybody ever been? Was it cool? Okay. <laughs> awesome. I want to go. We should go sometime. We should take the whole church. Yeah, we'll just have church at the ark. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Why not, right? You know, this is what I tell the board and our finances and everything all the time. I say, you know what, guys? We just need to be able to hear the voice of the God and do what he says. Period. I, we don't need to do anything else. Reason has no place in our board meetings. Amen? Don't you want people who lead the church to hear from heaven and do what he says? Amen? That's all we want. Don't you want a pastor who hears from God and just does what he says? You think you do until I wear a t-shirt on Easter Sunday. Man, come on. It's not going to make sense all the time. And that's okay. It's totally okay. Verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later, he would later receive as his inheritance. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. God says, hey, Daniel, I want you to go to a far place land. So I'm going to show you. Pack up all your stuff. Let's get going. Yeah, but I'm talking to Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, that's what God, has God ever told you to do something like that? Literally, I think he told you that, to come here. <laughs> but you've got to have this crazy faith where Abraham could have added reason to what God was saying. Well, God, that doesn't make any sense. Where are we going? How, where am I going to live? How am I going to have my stuff? Is there going to be enough food there for my whole family? He, he didn't add reason to it. It says that he obeyed and he went.
And that's why you see later on that when God told him to sacrifice Isaac, it said the next morning he got up early and took his son and went. It didn't make any sense, but he wasn't asking him to make sense of it. He was asking him to be obedient. God is wanting us to just walk in obedience and not just walk into reasoning and things that make sense for us. Verse 11, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she was considered him faithful who had made the promise. That's the, the most beautiful point about all of this. How can we have hope in these moments? Because we consider God faithful and we're looking at the one who has made the promise. We are fixed on, man, God, I really know who you are. I know your nature and I know you're going to come through. By faith, Abraham, and God tested him, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. This is the faith chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11. Here we go. By faith, Moses, they, his parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Sound familiar? This is a picture of Jesus as well. And you see this. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. That is absolutely unreasonable. Leave the palace, leave the throne, and go be like the poorest one. Sound familiar? Jesus, hey Jesus, leave heaven in splendor and in glory and go become a, a helpless baby and live a lowly life. It's absolutely, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't add reason to coming? He just came. He was just obedient to what the Father had said. Verse 27, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. It seemed kind of crazy. Go take this blood, put it over top of your doorpost, and the angel of death's going to come, and it's not going to kill. God asked them to do unreasonable, wild things, but when they do it, they see that he's faithful. We got to step into those things. Can somebody say amen? As the pastor here, I'm constantly just trying to see and trying to hear, God, what are you saying? What do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? And whatever you say, God, help me just to take courage and obey you. Amen? amen? And it's not, it's not easy. When we changed the name of this church, that was not an easy thing by any means. But we heard the verse of the Lord. And when God speaks, we can just not reason about it. Well, why? And why do this? And, and what about this? What about this? It doesn't matter anymore. You just listen and obey. Amen? If God tells you to take your, your wife or your husband out on a date every single week and your husband is mean and he's always quiet, he's never done good enough for you, it doesn't matter. Just do it anyways. Love him anyways. Amen? Do the unreasonable thing and see what God is going to do with it. Watch him work. Here we go. It says, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. How unreasonable is it? Hey, guys, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take over this city. We're going to see our enemies be crushed. But you know how we're going to do it? We're just going to walk around it for seven days. What? Somebody was probably sitting there thinking, well, that's stupid. Let's just go in there and fight. But no, they had the word of the Lord to walk around it. If you follow the word of the Lord, you will always land in victory. 
you will always land in victory. And you follow what he is saying. You will always land. Don't put reasoning to what he's saying. Amen? Thirty-two, and what more shall I say, dude? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets who, through faith, they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned to strength. You know what's beauty about that? We look at all of these people in the Bible, and we're looking at them like, man, I'm not like Abraham. Man, I'm not like David. I'm not like Barak. I'm not like Gideon. But look at this verse, whose weakness was made into strength. These were just normal, weak people, regular people like me and you who got a hold of the voice of the Lord and was obedient. They say, man, God, I'm weak. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Almost every Sunday, I get in my office and I just pray, God, I'm your vessel. When I got up at that camp for four days... God, I'm yours. You know what I did to prepare myself for that camp every day? I would just worship for like two hours. I wasn't sitting there preparing my message. I was preparing my heart. (laughs) I love what Damon Thompson says. He says, the only sermon that religion has ever preached is try harder. Do more. And try harder. But the gospel is preaching what? It is finished. I've never been more loved than I am right now. He's never been more good. He's never been more faithful than he is right now. There is nothing else I can do, church, to make him love me anymore. He's not wanting me to have a successful church and then he's going to love me more. He's not wanting you just to have, he's not wanting to fix your marriage so he can love you more. He loves you the most right now. We don't have to strive into these places. We just fall into his love and we just listen and obey. Because we know he's good, we know he's faithful, we know he's just, and we know he's loyal. Amen? I want to keep reading this because it's pretty powerful. It says, they quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness has turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated, and the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Because they listened to God and did what he said. You know, all of the disciples, the apostles, besides John, were killed for their faith. The story where Jesus comes and he's arrested, you know the story? And it says that Peter jumped up with a knife or a sword and he cut off the guy's ear trying to protect him. They were ready. They, did, they didn't understand. When he would talk about, hey, I'm going to be captured and then I'm going to die. And I'm gonna they were like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Remember at one, time, at one point Jesus, or Peter said to him, that's not going to happen basically. I'll protect you. And Jesus said, no, 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 get behind me, Satan. I'm going to do some things that seem very unreasonable. I'm going to surrender myself. 
when you're in the midst of a fight with anything in your life, between you and God or you and your spouse, God is just wanting you to surrender yourself. Peter was willing to fight and kill for Jesus, but he wasn't willing to surrender his life for Jesus. It seemed absolutely unreasonable. Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you turning yourself in? Hold on a second. We're not going to fight? <laughs> but then you see all the disciples go and what? The apostles. They are all killed. I wish there was a better story, but I'm here to tell you that they were all killed for their faith. Because when Jesus said to them in Matthew 28, when he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, they listened and obeyed. They didn't say, well, they might kill us. Well, if I go over there, they might kill us. If we go here, these were legitimate things. They had legitimate reasons. We're just worried we might lose some friends. You know what I mean? We got to learn to listen and obey. When he says, you know what? You know what? My son, my 14-year-old son, when he gets out of the car, he don't know this, but I pray. I said, God, give him opportunities to stand up for his faith today. Give him opportunities that will just blow his mind that something happens in front of him where he knows the answer. Give him opportunities for those things. To do unreasonable things. Can we stand and our worship team come? Maybe God, and this isn't for everybody, so don't take this personally. Maybe God is asking you to quit your job because it's terrible for you and terrible for your family maybe everybody at your job does drugs i don't know whatever it may be maybe god's trying to step take a step out of faith and trust him maybe god's telling you to take a different job i don't know about you but i have people in my life that give me a really hard time anybody else raise your hand and a lot of times they're family. <laughs> um, not you, Mama. I love you. But I also have other people in my life that give me a really hard time too. Is anybody else? And I'll be real transparent with you or for the young people, 100 with you. I struggle to believe that God can do something in their lives. I do. I find myself having no faith and praying with so much doubt. I, can't, I feel like sometimes I begin to pray and I might as well just shut up because there is no faith in my, coming out of me. And I feel like God is saying to us and saying to you that he wants to just realign new visions and new things and new hope for people. Maybe you've given up on your lives. And I remember I was, even this morning, I was thinking about a few different people in my life and just thinking, man, these people just really get on my nerves. These people, are, they really cause me so many problems, man. And I started thinking, God says, Michael, do you have hope? Do you think that I'm big enough to get a hold of them? And I'm like, man, Lord, I'm struggling to believe that. And then these songs we are singing this morning, you know, you tell the wasteland to bloom again. It's your nature. And I just let hope, hope begin to rise. Faith begin to rise in me. And I started just saying, God, you can do anything. You can do all things. I want to have unreasonable amount of hope for terrible situations. 
I want to be the one who steps into something and says, no, I know God can move. I know He can. I've seen Him do it. Like these songs that we sing, church. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe that you will do it again. That's why God would tell the Israelites, when your children are older, make sure you tell them about the things that you've seen. Our older people in this room, man, no offense. I get in trouble for saying this all the time. I even, then I talk about like a 45-year-old person next. I was looking for Latricia. Where is Latricia? You over here? Stand up. My goodness. You can stay there. It's okay. You're amazing. Actually, you know what? Come here. See, once again, I feel like the Lord said, get her up here. So let's come. I am so honored and blessed by this lady's worship this morning. And you know what I've seen up here this morning? I thought, no offense. You know, it's the, you know, everybody else a lot younger on the team, trying to word this nicely. And I just thought to myself, man, she has the right spirit about this church. Our older crowd, she is up here dancing and jumping and singing these new hip songs like she loves them. I think she does. She would... Pr- well, I ain't gonna tell them that. She just told me her age. But God will ask you to do some unreasonable things, right? Maybe not enjoy the music that you enjoy, but go and be a part of this young team and this young church and believe in them and raise them up. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, man, if our older people could get a hold of that kind of heart and that kind of spirit and get excited about the young people and say, no, you want to dance? Oh, you like that song? I'll jam to it too. My son was doing dishes the other day and I said, yeah, I looked at Matt. I said, just turn the rap music on in the kitchen. He don't want to listen to your hippie stuff anyways. You know? <laughs> but do something that might just seem unreasonable to you. Do what God says. Follow the voice of the Lord. Go shoot the ball with the kids at the park. Whatever he says, speaking those things. I love you. I really do. <laughs> Bless you. Man, oh man. Come on. You know what it does for a young person to see an older person step alongside them and believe in them? And not step alongside them and tell them, well, you need to change your shirt. (laughs) You need to change the song. Come on, church. He might be calling you to do some unreasonable things. Some people are thinking, well, maybe I need to leave the church and go to a church where there's more elderly people and it's more of what I like. Maybe God is telling you to stay right where you are. And you're not supposed to add... Pastor John left this church... Seven years ago, I was sitting back where the Bartleys are. It kind of threw me off because I didn't see that happening with him leaving. And I sat there and I was confused. And I thought, man, God, I don't don't know what to do. He's really one of the main reasons I'm here. And to be real honest, I love my wife. I don't think she cares to say this, but she didn't really want to stay here. 
There wasn't a lot of young people here. It didn't seem like it was going in a good direction that we wanted to be a part of. It didn't make any sense. But God spoke to me and said, Michael, I want you to stay. And I'm going to move here again in a mighty way. And I said, yes, Lord. And I could have said, God, it doesn't look like anything. Look at all these problems. Then a, and then another pastor came and then he left. It, it, it kept not looking like anything's were coming together. But I had a word from God and I listened and I obeyed what he said. You cannot add reason. I said, honey, I told Maddie, I don't know what it's going to look like, but we're staying. When God called me to the ministry, I, I told Maddie, I said, do you want me to go get a job and work at Century Aluminum and make a lot of money and we can still serve at the church and we can have a lot bigger house and all this stuff? And she said, well, what? Come on, you got to have a good wife, amen. She said, what is the Lord asking of you? And I said, well... <laughs> I feel like he's saying I, I need to go to ministry school of some sort. I, I feel like he's calling me to do this. It just comes out of me. I can't, I can't help it. I, and she said, well, what does that look like? I said, well, it looks like us staying in this 800 square foot house with no central air conditioning, me continuing to serve tables, start spending more money for ministry school, and trust God that he's going to provide. I didn't have very many hallelujahs when we were doing it. Lord said this is what I want you to do I said yes Lord two months later a new pastor comes he hires me and he says we want to pay you back for all the school you've paid for and we're gonna pay for the rest of it come on you just got to listen you got to step out of the boats and do things that are unreasonable and not add your logic into them you got to listen to the voice of the Lord listen to the voice of truth and whatever he's saying to you listen and obey quit the job start a job start a business call up call somebody whatever it may be give the money sow the seed whatever it is I can tell you so many times where God has told me I've been at church services and evangelists coming through and God says Michael I want you to give him two thousand dollars if I start adding reasoning into that I'm not gonna do that I'm over here thinking well my son's got to get braces that's gonna be four thousand dollars Lord we're not even, we, God, I need a vacation. I can't even do that. Lord, how am I going to go on vacation? You want, to get, you want me to give away? You want me to give away my stimulus check? Hold on now. That stimulus check came from the Lord. Come on, somebody. That came down from heaven. That was manna from God. What do you mean? <laughs> that thing was from you, Lord. No, 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 no. The Lord, when he speaks, he reminds you, Mike, all of your money is mine. And I said, well, okay. And God said, I want you to sow this seed. I'm like, all right. And then another time comes, I want you to sow this seed. All right. It doesn't make sense. And then we had somebody pay for us to go on a vacation. Who would ever imagine? And we didn't give it to receive. We just gave out of obedience. Me and Maddie have seen money come back and we've seen it not come back. But that's not what it's about. It's about listening and obeying. If you're struggling with tithing, you need to ask God, read the Bible, and see what He says. Don't put any reasoning to it. Well, I can't afford it. I ain't got this job. Stop reasoning and listen and obey. Don't just listen to us. Hear God for yourself. Our prayer team, could you come? God is continuing to speak to our church give us fresh vision and fresh direction.
and we're going to be a church that hear God's voice and we listen and obey. Amen? Could you just grab the, the hand of your neighbor? Prayer team, you can too. Can you just begin to pray for your neighbor that they would just hear God's voice clearly? That they would listen and obey whatever the Lord is saying, whatever big decision, whatever is happening. Some of you might need to go to rehab. You might need to check yourself in as God is speaking to you and telling you to. Stop adding reasoning to it. Stop saying, well, what about my family? What about my bills? Listen to the voice of the Lord and obey what He says. Our God is faithful. Our God is just. He is mighty and powerful to say. Come on, pray for your neighbor. God, give them faith. God, help them when they have doubt, Lord. Help them to think of testimonies, God, when they're struggling, Lord Jesus, God. God, I pray that they would be so full of hope that they would be the hope carriers of their family, God. That, Lord, that you have placed them here by divine appointment. Let the Father's house have the most hope for this city in the name of Jesus. Let these people have the most hope for their families and their jobs and, and their schools in this house. In the name of Jesus, Lord. We love you, King Jesus. Come on. Come on, come on. Give us faith, Lord, to trust what you say, Jesus. You can do it, Father. Hallelujah. With every eyes closed in here, I just want you to take a moment. And just let the peace of God rest upon you this morning. He's not asking you to do more or try harder. Just believe. Just trust Him. Rest in His promises. That whatever He asks, His intentions are good. If you need salvation this morning, if you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to be born again, if you've never been saved or maybe you've been running away from God, if you need to be born again, I want you to lift your hand right where you are. I need salvation. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I believe that I'm a sinner in need of the grace of God. Anybody at all just want to give a moment. Today is the day of salvation or you need to come and rededicate your life back to Jesus this morning. Before you leave, come to these altars and make your heart right with God. Our prayer team is equipped. They love you. They're amazing to partner with you this morning. If you need prayer for healing in your body, if you need prayer for anything at all, please come and be encouraged this morning before you go. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you are so good. God, help me as the leader of this house to trust and obey what you have to say. God, help your people to listen and obey. Take courage and listen to you and follow whatever you want us to do. Father, you are amazing and we honor you in this house and all you're doing. God, we celebrate what you're doing and what you will continue to do. God, the best is truly yet to come for this church, Lord. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Bless you guys. The altars are open. You're welcome to stick around and to pray. Come down if you would like some prayer. Anybody, we'd love to partner with you before you go. Get out of your seat. Don't be shy. If you're with somebody and they're nervous, hold them by the hand. Bring them down. Have a good week.